Hello, and welcome to another episode of QBT. I'm Maddie Germs. Did you just say ho ho? Ho ho! No, I, I said hello. I don't think that's a thing people say. It is it? I didn't say it either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Shani. <laughs> and we are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. Um, I brought a treat for us today. What'd you bring? Um, it's a brownie uh-huh. with ingredients. Uh-huh. Do you wanna do you wanna eat some and then <laughs> see how the episode goes? Yeah. Okay. Happy, happy, Hello. Happy MLK Day. Do you day. have some of that brownie already? No, I haven't. Okay. I've been just waiting. <laughs> waiting. I'm just this stupid all the time. Happy MLK Day. As I stare at a Vulture article that says MLK FBI delves into the darkest part of FBI history. I mean, the FBI and CIA absolutely killed Martin Luther King. Absolutely. Like, there's no question this about it. This is not a question. Today, we're going to be talking about anger. Mm-hmm. So don't fucking turn us off. Tell your friends about us and write us a goddamn five-star review. (laughs) (laughs) This brownie does not taste like a Slim Jim. It's just salted chocolate. (laughs) Maybe. That's all Slim Jims are. Salted chocolate? Yeah. Maybe it's been a lie this whole time. Um, It is a little salty. But it's all right, you know? We're going to see what this this salt property is going to give us. Um, finish that up. Stop chewing in the microphone. Mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> the dirty chai brownie combo actually works for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Work. Okay. That did it. That did it. That's the one. Um, sir. I need a new coffee table. You need a new coffee table? Yeah. When it's like taller, not glass? Or like... And not white. Oh, yeah. Because it's MLK Day. <laughs> Specifically because it's MLK Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I support that for you. You know, you're, you're redecorating. MLK Day on this one episode. I mean, already Let's four. Let's so, see. Um, for today's sub slot, I wanted to know what was a recent time that you lost... Your temper. Bitch, last night. What? Why? <laughs> I want a dog. I lose my temper like every other day. No. Um, uh, when was the last time I lost my temper? Like really lost my temper? I mean, it could be funny or it could be like, you know, more serious, whatever. <laughs> when did you lose your temper last night? I was going to go the more serious route. Um... I don't know. I feel like I lost my temper with my mom like a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I yelled at her on the phone. Like you could feel yourself like really not having control. You were just like, you yeah. just lost it. And then as soon as I lost it, I was like, I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, the yelling tells me differently. You literally just screamed at me. And I'm yeah. like, I did not yell. I just voiced myself yeah. boisterously. In the same way that you did nothing wrong as a mother in my childhood, I did nothing I did now. nothing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not apologizing for anything. Right. Um, yeah, I think that was the last time. Or on the podcast when I popped off that one time. Oh, that was a little bit. I don't get, like, like truly angry, I do not get often. Okay. I get, like, irritated, but not, like, yeah. we'll get into it later. But, like, yeah. I feel like irritation isn't anger until it reaches a certain point. I feel like I get irritated all the time, and then I'm like, whatever, and I get over it. Anger well, sometimes that irritation often. can be 
and rooted to anger that we just like aren't aware of. Yeah. But yes, we can talk about that later. I think for me, um, I don't think I stole this story on the podcast. If I did, oops, okay, another, t- another, you know, another again, one more again. Um, <laughs> I guess it was like right around, oh, it was when I got the Ivy Park shit and I had to return something and don't have a printer. So, oh yes, now I remember all this. So did I tell it on the podcast or did I just tell you? I think you just told me. Okay. Like again, sorry. You know, we'll see. Um, I go to this fucking CVS on Cesar Chavez and Belmont, the worst fucking CVS in the entire world. Also, I just love that we have a street called Cesar Chavez in Portland. It just doesn't add up, but go ahead. Well, I mean, it does in the sense of like, um, this is a town that wants to be like known for its progressiveness. So we're going to honor a like union uh, yeah. person. Um I'm not going to, like, butcher that. Anyway, um, Anyway, CVS. This is, like, a Twilight Zone CVS. Like, the workers just, like... Which, in some ways, I love this for them. Are actively rude. (laughs) Like, go out of their way to be rude. And as a former retail person, like, having the agency to be able to to be rude to people, I kind of love that for them. However, I come in, and I knew what I was getting into. For some reason, the CVS is listed on FedEx's website as like a drop-off and receiving site. I think a lot of CVSs are, which means they're supposed to essentially act as a FedEx location. They have lock boxes there. If my if FedEx can't deliver something to me, it gets taken to that place for me to go pick up. Oh. Okay. Anyway, set up. So I am going in. I know I have to return something. I have to ask them to print something for me. And I'm kind of mentally like, it's around the holidays. It's like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I'm sure this is not not going to be a good day for them. So I'm going to make sure I have like a really patient attitude. I just like mentally told myself all of this. I was like, I know I'm going to be annoying with this request. And I don't know what else to do except this because I'm not going to fucking buy a printer to avoid this situation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, buying pen- printers. <clears throat> yeah. 2020. I'm not going to do it. 2021. Um, It was 2020 though. Um, so I go up to the thing and I'm like, hey... Um, I have this package. I have the shipping QR code like the, oh, yeah. to scan yeah. to print, and the guy just like looked at me, like didn't really say anything, just kind of like looked at me, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, we're starting off weird." All right, so I was like, "I was told by FedEx's website to come here." <laughs> the like, internet this is, told me. <laughs> I was like, "Also, there's a sign above your head that says FedEx." <laughs> like, like literally, like right there. Like I can, I can see it. Yeah. And he's just like. I mean, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, the Lord is testing me. These trials and tribulations. I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm being asked to showcase my learning that I had, I thought, on the way over here. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I don't really know what to do at this moment. I was like, I've, I've been here before. And, you know, this says that you can scan this and print this and then I can give this to you. And we can be on our way. <laughs> it's paid for. I just need the, lip, the shipping label. Yeah. That's all I need. And he's like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I can ask someone to come over here, but they'll probably tell you the same thing. And I was like, you know what? I don't have anywhere else to be tonight, so I don't mind. And I'll like, yeah. you know, move to the side while Let's do this. someone I have time. else. Totally. Yeah. This woman comes storming from the back. Pretty sure she's not wearing a mask. And is like, has come to the front to like, look at me. And is like, what? And I was like, what? <laughs> That's so violent. What is so violent? And um, 
I was like, okay, ma'am, uh, you know, I was just explaining to this gentleman here, I have a QR code for a printing label. Um, I, I think it, it should be, I think maybe relatively simple. I'm not sure, but I, I've done this before. I was told to come here and she was like, ugh, gets on the intercom, looks at me, uh, not the intercom, she's calling to like the back room. She's like, there's some man here who keeps pointing his phone at me and telling me to do something. And it's like something like that. And I was like, <gasps> like I was like really shook. I was like, I have been speaking very slowly and very calmly. Ooh, child, yeah. Like I'm not, I don't even have a sense of urgency about me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm like really coming to this moment, understanding that there might be some whatever. And they were just like, yeah, I don't know. They weren't happy. They just keep telling me like he keeps like grabbing the phone and saying that uh, his phone told him to come here. And I'm like, that's not exactly what I said. I didn't like just pick up my phone and my phone was like, go to CVS. <laughs> like I did like I, you know, there's intention, there's purpose, all this stuff. There's some people behind me now. There's a line forming. And I was like, I'm going to totally step aside so you can help these folks out. Like I turned around and I was like, sorry, guys, you know, and I'm moving to the side, which I think is a totally reasonable thing mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And this woman is still like mad that I'm there. And then is like, um, my re my shift manager who's not here says we don't do that anymore. And I know for a fact she has not received any of those words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like she just <laughs> made, it just made it up. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, that seems, I don't know. Like what? Did you call this person? Yeah. I was like, what is going on? And she was just like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We were just told not to do it anymore. So I don't know. Like. And I was like, ma'am, I just don't think it's... And this is the moment that I, I was letting my anger release. I was like, I don't think it's that unreasonable to ask you to do your job. Which I knew, I know that that is a charged thing to say <laughs> to a retail person. Because I've had a retail person say something yeah. similar to me and I've lost my shit. Or a customer say that to me. But in this moment, I knew she was fucking with me. And so I was like trying to fuck with her back a little bit. And then they started like becoming aggressive trying to like sort of pu push me out of the store so anyway i'm sorry long story long i was i lost my shit and i was like okay i'm gonna go um fuck you and they were like whoa 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 oh and i was and i was like God. i was like no i'm leaving <laughs> but you guys are fucking rude you're rude and you know you're rude and you just need to know that i know you're rude <laughs> and i was like whoop okay and I just was so fuming. And they, of course, look shocked. Like, how oh dare God. anyone say anything to them? Is the worst. Just these ugh, fucking annoying people. And anyway, I go to my car and I'm like breathing heavy. I'm like really trying to like sit through what's going on right now, sifting through it. And I started to feel bad. I was like, ugh, you let the thing get to you that you said you weren't going to get to you. Yes, they were assholes, but there could they, you could have just walked away. You didn't have to do that. And then this mom and this daughter came out from the CVS that had seen the whole thing. And they were like, you are right. And I was like, what? And they were like, they were being assholes. And I was like, okay, I get to drive home with the biggest head. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I get to like be fully, you know, living in my anger moment. Um, So... I'm just saying that is a time when I feel deeply disrespected and I am not coming at you disrespectfully. That's when my anger is going to like, because I absorbed that shit for so long as a kid. I would just like be totally timid and just take bullying. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, if I know in my heart, in my head that I have not come to you crazy and you are intentionally trying to make me feel like a small, tiny person, I'm going to scream. I just go, I'm at least going to scream. Anyway, sorry, that was a really long story. I, mean, I don't even know if that's a bit I'm of a payoff. I'm shocked but... that, like, I would have... 
I probably would have lost it at the same time. <clears throat> and then at least you sort of, I mean, you didn't reel yourself back in, but I would have really popped off when they were like, well, that's just like unnecessary. Like, excuse me? Mm-mm. Don't be rude to me. And then when I'm rude back, act like you were never rude. You were never rude. You didn't even make eye contact with me until I told you to fuck off. Oh That's the God. first time you made eye contact Honestly, with me. I'm peppy of mine when people do that shit. Like, <clears throat> people will hold themselves to a completely different standard than they hold everybody else. And it's not even about that. It's like, you were being fucking rude. Just admit that. And where's your mask? <laughs> You're being rude without a mask? Mm. All right, let's get into what about it. Just... <laughs> Politics, music, pop culture, film, television, et cetera, et cetera. Theater. The- theater. Theater. Are we going to talk about theater today? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't know think so. nothing but about yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Let's just get through some of this quick politics stuff. Um, <laughs> we're, there's debates about whether or not we're getting a 14000 or a $2,000 stimulus check. 1400 Huh? 1400 what I say? 14,000. I said what I said. <laughs> Could you imagine? 2,000 times Honestly, every month that deserve. I didn't get a check. Yeah. That's not the right math, but it's the right math in my head. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, to me, it just shows that the Democrats are just as useless in a lot of ways. Um, like, what? You mean politics and government are just not being helpful at all? I mean, all? To, me, to say, like, well, if we count the 600 plus this 1,400, that's $2,000. It's just like, ew, yuck, gross. If anything, I think that this time should teach us that we are ready for universal basic income. Like, mm. if machines can do everything for us, that doesn't mean that we need to keep an- antiquated jobs to be able to keep jobs. It means that we allow the machines to take, take the... Over. Take the I mean, not full Terminator, but, like, allow them to do the work and then give people a basic income, especially in that area. It just it doesn't make sense. it's a slippery slope, especially when you start talking about Terminators. Good Terminator, bad Terminator. Or neutral. neutral. <laughs> <laughs> she got nominated for a... Uh, uh, no, she did. Yes, yeah, she did. No, she did. Yes, yeah, she did. Oh, my God. Um... That's Glenn Close and Hillbilly LG for people who don't know what we're talking about. Speaking of which, that one drag queen from UK looks just like Glenn Close. It's Joe Black. scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not. I don't think UK drag race, infinitely better. I started watching the first season. It's just such a, I don't know if it's because we're American. It's like, oh, golly gee, they're talking. Like, I don't know if it's that or like, if you it's hate, actually. You notoriously hate British people. Uh, I hate costume dramas. <laughs> I do not hate British people. I love uncut dick. I love an accent. I do not love a costume drama. Mm, an uncut dick and a British accent. Yeah. Just Come on me take. Take my drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have an impeachment happening. You know, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. It's like minutes away from inauguration. Um, I hope maybe it just is like sets a precedent that yes, this should be impeachable, but because... We couldn't get there fast enough in the Senate to fuck all. Yeah. Maybe nothing happens now, but I'm just going to be pissed if Biden gets in and is like, you know, we're not going to like pursue any action when we have Senate control. Oh my God. That's bullshit. We'll lose it. That's bullshit because have we all- not learned anything. No. And like calling for unity, calling for America healing, all of that stuff is actually. I'm past that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. I, 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 what you're saying is right. And I think that there is potentially this thing that's like, that is a goal that maybe we can have, mm-hmm. but unity without holding accountability to power is not unity. It's, um, it's, it's surrender. Yeah. If you just, you know, shake hands and hug the person that has been beating you up and like, you know, it's all right. How many time. COVID deaths are we at? Like, that's not unity. That is just mm-hmm. saying, you know, it's okay that you did that. 
I still will love you. We're still family. We're st- we're still America. Yeah, which by the way, Fuck like that. it's it's not okay. It's not okay. And not everything can just be okay, y'all. We have <laughs> during that lockdown that they had because of the storming. There was all these Republican folks who mocked senators who were offering masks, and then senators started testing positive because these people were locked in the room with fucking Republicans who are anti-maskers coughing and laughing at ugh, whatever. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this that long, but um, Gaga's going to be at the <laughs> inauguration with Ms. J-Lo, with which Ms. she J-Lo. can't sing. What's she going to do there? <laughs> I hope she gives Biden the speech that she gives. What are either of them going to do there? It's an inauguration. I mean, Gaga's been We Did It Joe for the past, like, you know, however long. We're going to get, like, Tony Bennett Gaga. Oh, my God. I hope she anthem. sings Government Hooker. Government Hooker. Could you imagine? <laughs> and then Biden and Jill are just like dancing. There's not going to be a crowd. There's not going to be anything happening there. They're all going to be like in separate rooms. Oh, right. <clears throat> Zoom calling each other. Yeah. Gaga's <laughs> definitely going to be croning and it's just fine. Croning? You know, when she gets on the piano, she's like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. I wonder if we'll get like the VMA performance, but like just America version. Vote with me. Vote, vote, vote with me. And Sorry. what is J-Lo doing there? I just... I don't know. I don't get it. What if she gives Joe Biden the hustler speech? She, she just, like, comes up and wraps him in a fur coat and is just like, I'll teach you something, baby, or whatever she says. Oh, God. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette in his face. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, I'll take anything because the last four years, we haven't had any sort of, like, celebrity presidential thing that we like and care about. Yeah. Who... What musical people? I feel like Ariel Pink. There's, like, some <laughs> punk band that, like, is... Uh, Pro Trump, which is weird, and then uh, what's John Boyd. Papa Roach? Huh? Isn't he Papa Roach? Kid Rock? Yeah, yeah. Limp Biscuit sounds adequately Republican. Who knows? Who? Kanye? Can I get an encore? Do, Do you, you want, want more? more? Oh my God, that's what it was. Shawnee texted me earlier this day and was like, what was the song we were going to sing on the podcast? And uh, we <laughs> drunkenly sang numb encore to each other while like, what the hell are you waiting for? Oh my can be God, no that was one it. Time. I need y'all to roar. Okay, um, next episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to do it again? <laughs> yes. For the next, for 2021, we're going to sing a new line of numb encore anytime. Anyway. Yeah. Text me that this morning. We both could not remember, and I remembered in this moment when you said Limp Biscuit. Um, Tom Hanks is also <laughs> going to be. Which, by the way, it's Lincoln Park, but. Oh, I Link know that. Biscuit. I'm sorry. For the listeners out there who don't know. In that case song. you don't know, <laughs> that's never encore. heard. That's yeah. so R.I.P. that man. Um, yeah. Okay. Tom Hanks is also going to be like hosting some sort of like honoring American heroes under this unification thing, which there's also in the way that the Simpsons predicts everything. There's a Simpsons clip of Tom Hanks like talking to this little boy and he's like, oh, I'm being borrowed to bring some credibility back to the United States because they've wasted all of theirs. <laughs> like Tom Hanks obviously is like the most believable, like yeah. trustworthy person. I was just thinking, is it just me or has Tom Hanks been like around a lot? Like the last year well, since COVID, he got COVID, so everyone's like it's always it's like every month there's like a tom hanks thing i mean people love him which is fine he's I mean, in movies again like good movies wow good strong is a strong word he's in movies again like what truly i don't know he was in some apple tv plus movie so and then i feel like he was in another movie i think like he's been in like three movies this year okay well we don't know what they are 
Yeah. <laughs> so I guess good for him. Uh, music. What are you listening to this week? None of the things you have listed here. Okay. Well, it, we could have <laughs> pretended like it was a conversation. No. Um, honestly, I'm still listening to Best Friend. Um, oh, my God. I hosted a thing at work this week. Okay. And it was like 830 in the morning that I had to like sign into it. And I was kicking the whole thing off. And there was like 400 people on a Zoom call. <laughs> and I'm like, well... We're going to kick this off the right way. And I played Best Friend at like 8.30 in the morning. And everybody was really excited. And I was okay. like, huh, maybe I should just DJ all of our work events. Yeah. Anyways, that was just a side note. That's good. And, still- I mean, and that is a very um, company redacted song. Yeah. 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 I was like, we're going to hear the word bitch a few times on this here Wednesday morning. Sure. And y'all are going to be okay with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not listening to my, I've been listening to Ali Cucci's album again. That's sort of just totally worth repeat. Um, I have been listening to 34 plus 35 by Ariana Grande, but not the remix. Okay. You don't like the remix? I think I like the original more than I like the remix. I The remix feels unnecessary. It feels like it's just a song that's there. I hear you. I, I like to think of it as the song that Doja is on and the other one that Doja's on, mm. I will never hear again. Yeah. That I only hear that motive because I've been listening to the original 34 plus 35. And then and it's just, right after. It comes right on after. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Get this out of here. I like 34 plus 35. I like, um, I like when Meg is like, Netflix or Hulu. <laughs> I like that, that part. Really, I really like. It's, I think it's cute. It's is it a cute. remix? No, it's not a remix. No, it's, it's literally the same song. song with two new verses sure. on it. And it's, then I, you eliminate I, the arguably what I think the best Ariana verse is. Mm. Oh, they got do the neighbors yelling earthquake. Da, da, oh, da, yeah. da, da. Like, that's a raunchy kind of lyric, but it's just in Ariana's voice, so it doesn't sound as raunchy. I feel like Ariana should have had a new verse in it. Mm-hmm. And it should be, and that would make the song about 30 seconds longer, which it also needs to be. Yes. It feels like a, it feels like a demo. Mm. But. I kind of like it because I also have not been listening to 34 plus 35. I probably listened to it a couple times when it came out. I watched the video and then had forgotten about it, sort of. Uh, not really forgotten, but I just like hadn't been listening to it. So when the remix come out, I'm like, oh, cute. I like the song. Their yeah. verses are cute. I don't know. for one more week and then go right back to Yeah, people are really it. hating on Meg's verse. I don't know. I mean, is it unnecessary? Sure. I don't think it's bad, though. No, I don't think it's a bad song. It just Doja's I, definitely stronger than Meg on the track, though. But I don't think that Meg's verse is bad. It's just... I've listened to it once. Okay. Kind of like I did the whole Ariana album. Yeah. I mean, I listened to that like twice. I'm not going back to it. I mean, some people really love it. I find it very sleepy. Yeah. Do you like this Flo Millie song, Roaring Twenties? Listen, I think I just like anything Flo Millie. So I was like, yeah. And then I was really into it, I think, the first day. And then the more I've listened to it, the more I've been like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm very... I mean, when I hear Flo Millie shit, I'm like, well, yeah. I'm going to love this. Yeah, it's the right amount of I'm that bitch, um, that enough of that. Yeah, it's just the right amount of that. I think. And that, and kind of like that one that she has with young baby Tate, I am. Mm. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. It doesn't speak to me that much. It, it sounds like to me some YouTube kid mashed together. Fiddler on the Roof and yeah. a Flo Millie verse. It, I honestly am a little shocked. Like, I listened to it this morning again, and I was like, I can't believe this was made. Like, it's not <laughs> bad. It just is crazy to me. Maybe it's her, like, Doja Cat moo moment. 
bitch, I'm a cow. Maybe, but I mean, just like a random. But even Gwen Stefani did this. Yeah, rich girl. It a long feels time ago. to me like a song that we don't want you to forget. Flo Millie's around, so we're just gonna drop like a single, but not yeah. a single, not like a popular enough single. Just one of these random songs that it's like, hey, don't forget this person exists. We're gonna come back with something in another like two months. We just yeah. want this to sort of hold you over. Only I don't need this. Yeah, because I'm still <laughs> listening to the right. the mixtape that she put out. Yeah, which was great. That's that such a Hawaii as you hear. Hawaii as you hear. What a great name for an album. It's incredible. She's. <laughs> I mean, I love her. I just don't know if I'm vibing with this song so much. But um, quickly, just some other things that I'm really listening to. Um, Super good by Duckworth. Um, D u c k w r t h. Um, a debut album. It's. super vibey Uh, he has like other singles and i think like you know all these other people that are doing mixtapes or eps or whatever and not calling their first work an album anymore um but it's it just feels so solid it's it's r&b dancey maybe even hints of disco like he's super talented la guy um i don't know really digging it do we release like our real podcast in a year and just say that all this was like i don't know like a mixtape Oh my god, I had no idea where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> my brain fully could not comprehend what the fuck you were talking You're about. Like, we have released this podcast. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll have 72 episodes and then we'll, our 73rd episode will be our premiere. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast this for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, that was all dress rehearsal. Uh, exactly. Um, also, Perfume Genius just released a video for Your Body Changes Everything, which is the Boy Harsher remix, and it includes um, trans model Teddy Quinlivan. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous video. Um, beautiful remix of a song. I think I talked about Perfume Genius's album back way at the beginning of the podcast. It came out probably like a month or two into us doing it. I haven't really revisited it. I remembered it being very a very beautiful album, but it doesn't, mm. it's not like speaking to my vibe in the same way. This gives me a little bit of movement. Honestly, if I can't sort of dance to something, I don't really want to listen to it. Same. Like, and I'm not a good dancer. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm a terrible dancer, but I just, I'm not, I don't love, very rarely do I want to hear something that I'm just like, oh, this is just music. You got to hit me with beautiful, quote unquote, beautiful albums. At, like, the right time. Right. If I'm in, like, a very chipper, happy mood and everything is great in life. I don't want to hear your soundscape. Like that, I'm like, no, no. I don't want to hear any of this. Yeah. Um, this Boy Harsher remix was really good. And Shamir also put out a video for Diet, which is their song that they wrote about after watching My Friend Dahmer, which is about Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. And there's a part where he has a, a black roommate and he starts talking about how, like, his the colors of his insides might be different. He wants, and so it's this racist thing Jer- Jeffrey Dahmer is saying, and Shamir kind of flips it on his head, thinking about what it would mean to consume someone you love, which the video is very cute. I mean, Shamir looks gorgeous, and it's gotten a lot. It's been That album has been on a lot of critics' like top list this year. Um, this song is very cute. It's like rock ballad sort of thing. But also, speaking of eating people... Let's talk about those Army Hammer DMs. <laughs> yeah. So do you know anything about this? No, I literally today saw cannibalism and Har- <clears throat> Army Hammer and I thought, wow. Okay. So anyone who doesn't know, last week, a little bit over a week ago, it might have happened like at the day we were recording last time. Anyway, someone released some DMs of Army Hammer and it's essentially 
it could be interpreted as like kinky. He's like, you know, I want to eat your flesh. Like I want to like consume you. I want to know what you taste like. I want to know what your insides look like, which could be read as like kinky, could be read as fantasy. And then there was some doubt cast on whether or not these screen caps were actually him. And then ex-lovers and other people that have slept with him and DM'd with him started releasing their DMs. And it was all very similar and is now crossing the threshold of BDSM and kink into like abuse, into wanting to hurt people, into... Yeah, it's like a very... It took a dark turn because it was immediately like, you know, all of these dumb fags being like, I want Army Hammer to eat me, you know, like that kind of thing. And people like really thirsting after him. But then the darker side of it, which I mean, some people reading that are going to be like, the content is the dark side. But I think other people there, some people, the idea of kind of like pain or like control and power in the sexual relationship is never going to appeal to them for whatever reason. Sometimes people are a little more into that. Mm-hmm. But when abusive behavior is tied to some of that kink, it's not kink anymore, right? It's like, it's yeah. a manifestation of maladapt- maladaptive power and like this manifestation yeah. of evil, it's right? It's not like Fifty Shades of Grey anymore. It's Fifty Shades of Abuse right. and Toxicity. Right. So Army Hammer had to drop out of that movie with J-Lo. I thought he chose to drop out. I mean... I bet J-Lo was like, he's not on this movie anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. She has a... She... Has Whether a or not she should have as much fame as she does, she does, she has it. You know, Army Hammer is the heir to the Arm and Hammer, like, dynasty. No, you're lying. No, absolutely. I'm not even joking with you. It's a funny th- It's a funny story that I realized his name was Army Hammer, and I think one day I literally looked it up like... Why do they name this boy this? And then I realized, like, oh, he actually is, like, an heir to Arm and Hammer. Oh, my God. And therefore, I'm not surprised by any of this. Because when you got that kind of money, that kind of wealth, like, I feel like you into some stuff that you can't just get out, like, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he turned out to be a Winklevore, and that's fine for her, I guess. <laughs> I just, I, um, I don't know. He, of course, is coming out, like, all defensive, like, his privacy is being violated. I th- a popular news site, I can't remember which one, revealed his Finsta. So, kind of verifying where some of these DMs were coming from. I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are, like, upset because they've been, like, a big fan of his for a long time. I'm like, your social network performance is fine. (laughs) I'm not a fan of Call Me By Your Name, so that's not going to be something that is, you know, drawing me to this person. Um, Is he hot? Sure, but he's also an entitled, abusive piece of shit. So I'm I'm good. Did you know that he performed on Broadway in a 2008 production of Straight White Men? Seems accurate for him. But yeah, look, he's the great grandson of oil tycoon Armand Hammer and the son of businessman Michael Armand Hammer. So yeah, he got money, oil money. I'm just. I think I believe all of this. Yeah, I, yeah, that's right. That's I what think I, that's I believe I mean. all of this now. <laughs> what have you been watching this week? 
So I've been watching a few things. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to you recommending The Promised Neverland, that anime on Netflix. I am on episode nine. It's okay. 10 episodes in the first season. So I'm on episode nine. Shit is great. Um, super into it. Super like... Um, it is not like super action driven. No, it's like one kind of major thing happens every 20, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is very anime, you know. Yeah. Also, there's this weird thing in anime where like I actually can't tell the episodes apart because they all sort of bleed together yeah. in a weird way. And if it was not for the skip the intro that right. I do all the time, I'd have no idea that a new episode was exactly. Started. Yeah. Anyways, um, very good. I've been doing that this weekend. Also watched Search Party season four because yes. it's out on HBO Max. Have so I mean, well, I've, I guess only the first three episodes are yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Which love I it. Hate. I wish they would just drop the whole thing. But. I know, I know. Uh, I mean, I, I think we talked about Search Party when season three three got put mm-hmm. on HBO Max. I think that's also when we both realized that we were friends. Oh, it was over Search Party? I feel like party. we were like, wait, you watch Search Party? Okay, bitch. Like, yeah. we, can, Loved, <laughs> we can be friends. I love it. Uh, and this new season, really, Cola Scola gets to Cola Scola around. I love it. Um, yeah. Which so much of their stand-up is essentially them. I mean, I've seen a special of theirs here, and they just, like, they do these monologues by, like, going off stage and putting on a new wig and then coming out and just are a completely different character. So Cole's getting to, like, really character act in this by being this... Uh, well, I guess it's not a spoiler because it happens in season three, but yeah. is a stalker, is a is yeah. a wild person for Aliyah Shawkat's character, mm-hmm. Dory. For Dory. Um, I love the continued progression that John Early and <laughs> the tiny voiced one. Mm-hmm, who reminds me of Alexa from Schitt's Creek. Okay, I sure. I don't remember her actual name, though. Yeah. I just call her the Alexa of Search Party. <laughs> or Alexis. Yeah. I feel like Alexis has a much better more heartfelt sort of yes. like character growth thing. Yes. They allow these characters in search parties to just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Right. And I love that about that show. It's like that's what their character development is on this show. It's almost like they go from boring hipsters anything. to like who are terrible people, yeah. gentrifiers, etc. Yeah. To like gutter humans. Like they just let themselves continuously unravel and run out. Yeah. So all that's left is just like by the way, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, when John Early was like, I am not gonna do that, like, on national television, like, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. And they're just like, okay, well then, like, you don't have a job. And he was like, alright, I want, four, like, 40% raise. Yeah. Well, he storms off and then makes a circle, <laughs> comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Early is so good at being John Early, I don't know. It's John Early is incredible. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah, I love that show, and that's where, that's that show that Jordan Firstman writes on, um, Ah. And his ex-husband. I want an update on the black attorney from the last season because she was phenomenal. Like, oh, you're right. She was so funny to me. Maybe she'll come back. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, Have you watched WandaVision? You know I did. Ask about it. What did you think? I want to hear what you think. I love it. Okay. For a lot of reasons. I mean, we all know I'm like a superhero person. Very much so a Marvel person. I very much so understand the Scarlet Witch. I've been sort of waiting for this to happen on screen because in the films, it's very like, girl, why are you just shooting out like red blasts from your hands? Right. That's not what your superpower is. So um, it takes the Olsen girl, mm-hmm. who's the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. And places her in this 
sort of alternate universe or something context where she's going through like spoiler that's not really a spoiler like she places herself there okay right to like potentially like protect her brain or something Mm -hmm. and then vision is that his real name yeah okay who's a machine Mm -hmm. plays the essentially like dick van dyke yeah character yeah it's very so every episode jumps forward like a decade mm-hmm. in like television so ever which i like i feel like every episode's going to be a different like aesthetic which is nice um the first episode is very like 1950s i think 50s 60s like very i love lucy dick mm-hmm. van dyke black and white second episode there's only two episodes out on disney plus at the time of this episode right of our podcast um Second episode jumps forward like another decade, which is sort of hard to tell, but you can kind of tell because the living room changes and then sort of the hair and makeup and wardrobe changes. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit more like Bewitched. Right. Which as a kid, I always assumed I Love Lucy, Bewitched, and I Dream of Jeannie like literally took place in the same like year. And really there's like, I think 20 years between all those things. Okay. Not between all those things, but like over the time range of there's a span. Yeah, yeah spanned. Um, so the second episode like we just watched him on what is the Nick TV Land that or too. whatever it was yeah. Nick at Night. Dang, I miss Nick at Night. Anyways, second episode I is very bewitched. bewitched. Um, and then the preview for like the third episode looks like color is finally introduced. Well, they were sort of introducing it in the second mm-hmm. episode, and I think they're going like I Dream of Jeannie, which was very like seventies. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um. I feel it's very meta as well. It's like aware of what it's doing, I think. I think so too. I think that what would have been helpful for WandaVision is like some sort of recap of, especially if Disney owns these things now, Mm -hmm. like give me, because in the movie, she only has like what, like four and a half minutes total per movie. Yeah. Right. Like give me a synopsis. So they do. It's called Marvel Legends. It's like a whole se- it's a whole separate thing and it's literally a 7 minute recap of like Wanda's life and then there's a 7 minute recap of the Vision's life. Okay, I might actually watch that then because I was coming into this and I was like I think I remember this person yeah. from Infinity War. You'd have no idea if like I watched both those episodes and also kind of thought to myself like I mean I know what's happening because I like watch this shit religiously, but yeah. If I, like, missed one of those movies. I can't imagine if you have not seen those movies Join why you would this. watch this show. Yeah. Like, you're gonna be when confused. it is completely different, it's a complete, like, it obviously is about superheroes, but it's trying to have a completely different conceit. It's trying to, like, place it in a different context, trying to play on nostalgia. But I don't think you're going to get any of those things. And I just think if I was Disney putting out a lot of effort into the show, especially... Mm-hmm. Like, it's now my Roku background screen, so they've paid for ad space there. They're, like, really pushing this yeah. as, like, this is Disney Plus's prestige television that well, isn't Star Wars. real big Marvel show. Yes, and I'm Disney saying Plus. I don't think it's going to bring anyone along. Mm-hmm. Which maybe doesn't need to because Marvel's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they know their audience. I think in Kevin Feige, is that, no, that's not Kevin. Yeah, no, no. Kevin Feige is the other guy. Paul Feig is, Paul Feig is what I'm thinking the about. The bridesmaids guy. Paul Feig is the bridesmaid guy. Kevin Feig is the Marvel president slash Disney whatever okay. executive. He said that this show was like a big swing for Marvel, which I absolutely agree. Because it's yeah. not superhero content. They're not fighting a bad guy. There's no like... Which is honestly thing. is sometimes the stuff that interests me about these things. Yeah. And so I like... 
I'm interested in the idea of like reverting to a safe place in your brain when you experience trauma. I'm interested in that. And I'm interested in sort of seeing them play with these TV tropes that I grew up on. Mm -hmm. I'm happy there's a black person and not just a black person. I forgot her name, but she's in, she's from Survivor's Remorse and a few other things. And she's really great at what she does. I don't think I recognized her, but I thought she was strong. Yeah. Um, I'm. I might keep watching. I did. I did check it out because you told me you watched it, and yeah. I figured you'd be excited about it. But I'm excited where it goes. There's probably going to be, I assume, eight to ten episodes. So yeah, I yeah, and wonder... it's not like a series. It's like just a short. They're like, I think it's just the eight or ten episodes. I think they're billing it. Oh, as like, like limited a, series. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. And yeah. then we pick it up in the movies whenever that happens. Right. Um, but check out Marvel Legends. You should. I literally wouldn't have watched it myself if it wasn't like play this next after watching the first two episodes and then I realized like oh this is sort of the recap that I was expecting and I think they're going to do it for all the Marvel shows that are coming out okay. like for Loki for Winter Soldier and Falcon and for I think there's another one. Oh, that show with Hawkeye I am really wrapped up in the Marvel Universe that's good <laughs> I think that they have created a web to un I mean one of the reasons those Avengers movies don't work for me in some ways is because they're like Here's everyone you love, and here's like two minutes of screen time for them. For all of them, yeah. And I'm like, this just feels busy, and I'm not interested in any of these people. Like, yeah. Give me more of a story of like, I might enjoy this more. It's why I like Thor Ragnarok. It's like more centralized, like, allows itself to have fun. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, okay. What are you watching? Um, well, one thing I did want to touch on Headspace's Guide to Meditation. I did. Have you looked at any of them? I have not. Okay. Well, there's eight episodes. It does a really amazing job of kind of introing each technique of meditation. So it's like eight different techniques or um, sort of guided meditations that this guy from Headspace mm -hmm. who was... The guy with a bald head. Yeah. He was like a sports analyst, gave up everything to go be a Buddhist monk. Mm -hmm. My problem with this whole thing is that it is someone from the west sort of like abandoning the ties of the world to go learn something and then what they learned is how to make money off of this thing like yeah. that's what pisses me off is like you've now turned this into a company which like is kind of the opposite like uh, yeah i so i'm hesitant in that way and i think if something's gonna have money on it the animation's really beautiful it the episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes and the first half of them is always like here's some here's some type of like information about the science of meditation about what happens in our bodies and then maybe something to think about and then the second half is a guided meditation that there's sometimes an encouragement to close your eyes so really what's on the screen is just like a circle like it's like it works as a podcast you don't necessarily have to like be looking at the screen although the animation's great there's also an episode seven, one about anger specifically that I think is really cool. There's one about like how to find more fulfillment in life. It's like basically these intro things. And there have been absolutely times where after work, I watched it to sort of transition into mm. my evening space. Like I just mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, gave myself mm -hmm. those few minutes of calm. And I think you can watch it as someone participating in the meditation. You can also just watch especially the first half of all of them to just kind of understand like something. what it's about and what's going on. I evidently there's a calm something like this on HBO Max which I didn't know until like Yes, there is for calm. 
um, which I might look at that too. I don't know about comparatively how they work, but um, I, I don't know. I just, I would suggest you look at it. Do you have Headspace, like the app? No. So I, I will probably watch it just because it's, I will at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason why I haven't been in a rush to watch it is because like I have Headspace, the app. Totally. And, um, luckily, my last company and the company I'm at now pay for it. Cool. So... Um, I nothing out of my pocket. I just assume because on the app they also have these sort of short vignettes on like meditation or to your point, like here's a technique, let me educate you on it. Yeah. Or you can take these sort of courses on like anger or stress at work or anxiety yeah. and it'll be like 10 to 20 meditation sessions that start with like a depending on how long you select like if you want to do a 20 minute meditation then it'll be the first five minutes of him just talking to you about this is what anxiety is or like this is something to maybe picture while you're doing this meditation and then he actually jumps into it or she because you can change the voices sure um so So, i mean I'm, i'm assuming it's like the same literally the same thing as that i'm sure and Having worked in media, piece of me just thinks like, oh, to your point, it's this like you're just ad. expanding the content yes. you have to make more money off of it yes. versus it actually maybe being helpful. But I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. It could be the exact same stuff that you're paying for on the yeah. app or it could be something completely different. I think um, the thing I kind of liked about it is like, say I'm tired and I'm like just scrolling and I, I, I know that I'll probably only last like 15 minutes into a TV show, but I can't, I'm doing that thing of just like scrolling to find the thing to fall asleep to. Yeah. I think this is something that you can put on with like a sleep timer on your TV and just kind of like mm. lull into it. Come on TV sleep timer. Oh, I, I haven't used one of those in forever. I also don't have a TV in my room. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. that's good for you. I live on a sleep timer. I'm like. Oh my gosh, I know I'm going to be asleep in 30 minutes. I'm going to set this to 45. Oh my God. I I used to have a sleep timer or do that whole thing. But I have a weird relationship with time that I think a lot of people have, which is when I set a timer, I just immediately start counting down in my head and then it keeps me up longer. Oh my God. Like I used to set like a sleep timer on my TV for like 30 or 45 minutes. And literally it'd be minute like 27. I'd be like, this is going to go off in like three minutes. And like now I have to reset it because now I'm I'm awake. (laughs) Okay. No, Uh, I hear what you're saying. And no, I, that happens to me every once in a while, but that's just because the TV show has gotten me activated. Yeah. I never set a, set a sleep timer to a show that I'm like actually interested in watching. Mm. It's like it's like I'm watching Buffy and if I fall asleep, it's fine because I've seen it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's the type sense. of show that I put that Well, it's also the same reason I don't set alarm clocks. I oh. do not wake up to the sound of an alarm clock. I wake up literally two minutes before it goes off because I have calculated in my sleep sure. when it's going to go off. So I don't even set them anymore. Now I just tell myself, you need to be up at nine and I'll be up probably before nine. That's a skill. And it's a trust with it's, for that skill. There is a trust for it, Lord. Not That's cool. Lord, I have not overslept in years. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I can't do that. Um <laughs> I don't know. Um I'm we should wrap up. Uh I guess I just want to say quickly, I just watched two movies that I really liked, Unpregnant, um, which is about um it's about an abortion. It's about having to cross state lines to get it. Presents itself as comedy. I love an abortion movie. It's on HBO Max, yeah. I think it is. I think I watched it on Prime maybe, but it, it is on HBO Max. Um, but it's with directed by Rachel Lee Goldenberg, stars Barbie Fer- Ferreira, the one um, Bobby, the one from Euphoria, the girl who cams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, like and then this woman named Haley Lee Richardson. I don't know. I kind of liked it. It's imperfect, but I love a 
little road trip movie. And I feel like it was that mix of both like touching on a serious thing and about friendship. Great. Kind of in that realm of like book smart sort of. Um, I also watched Blackbird, which is about Susan Sarandon having a terminal illness and she invites all her family over to kind of have like a last weekend so she can kill herself. She's like um, engaging in medically assisted suicide. And so like brings Kate Winslet and Mia Wasikowski and Sam Neill and Bex Taylor Klaus, who's from um, 13 Reasons Why. And nice it, cast. it's a great cast. Kate Winslet is honestly sort of unrecognizable. Hmm. Like it took it. I knew Susan Sarandon was in it. I didn't pick it. Spencer picked it. And so then I just sat down and I was like, oh, my God, that's Kate Winslet. It's. <laughs> I learned recently that Kate Winslet's husband's name, boyfriend, husband, baby daddy, um, that his name was a normal name and then he changed it to rock and roll. What? And then she started taking him, taking her child to the doctor, the child that she has with him, and was like, hey, so is this the thing that we're just going to like stick to? Like, you're going to keep your name as rock and roll? Like, I don't care either way. I'm just letting you know it's getting a little weird, like at the doctor's office. And he apparently was just like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll just change it back and change it back to like Ben, whatever his name is. Just a fun little story about Kate Winslet that I learned, I think, literally the other day, just reading. (laughs) I love that. That's also wild. She also has three children by three different men, which is whatever. I don't care. But I just... I feel like I've learned a lot about Kate Winslet this week. And I thought this is a woman I would hang out with. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We should get going. So we don't have time to talk about this, but next week I want you to watch promising young woman. Cause I want to talk about it. Okay. It is, is it for rent? I think so. You gonna slide me $4? Probably. Sure. (laughs) We could just watch it together. I mean, I've watched it. Oh, (laughs) Okay. I've, I've I've been waiting for like a year to watch this movie. I know. You just, I, it's fine. I've been I looking do the forward same to kind it. Of shit. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. um there's a there's a mix for me. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, Sex and the City revival. Samantha's not coming back because Kim Cattrall said Fuck. she put, she said a a quote recently where she said I don't want to be anywhere for an hour. I I don't want to be somewhere where I'm not enjoying myself, not even for an hour. <laughs> it's like not even for an hour. So she's definitely not in that show. She's that not. Reboot, revival, whatever. She's like, I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with it. So um, the ideas I've seen for replacing it is one: just replacing the actress and never addressing it. Just like yeah, make it someone else and just do the fresh very, prince. Yeah, I was gonna say very aunt uh, aunt Viv. Aunt Viv. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of she's the only Muppet. <laughs> I also I also like the idea of um rotating women so there's no set new Samantha but it's just like they said, a new actress comes in every episode. They said the fourth character is going to be the city. That's disgusting. New York city. I hate when people say that shit. That's so gross. I, I bet they're going to do something dumb where they're like suddenly this cast has a black friend cuz we realized that was probably Jennifer Hudson said I'd love to check in on where my character is. And I thought I'd watch Jennifer Hudson in a TV series. If, imagine she came back and she got an upgrade from that ugly ass bag oh, she was given. I just it makes me so angry when I think about it. Um, okay, before we jump into our little break and then the work, we are going to start putting music on oh. a Spotify playlist because I know that we talk a lot about music and then don't give you a way to find it and just assume that you're going to listen to us and write it down or jot it down and then go listen to it. We want to make all that a little bit easier for you. So uh, we'll figure out how to share it. It'll probably be in our stories um, and also in our little resource doc that we put out, but we'll link to it so you can listen to all the great music that we're listening to every week. All right. Um, you want to take a break and talk about anger? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. 
Welcome back to QBT. Today, we're talking about anger. Mm. Mm. Let's take a moment to think about anger. What is anger? How does it make you feel? And what the fuck do you do <laughs> when it swarms Just your body takes with heat over. and takes over? Um, no, we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of like what anger is, can it be useful, and then also think about some tips for potentially managing anger, and then also thinking about how to maybe queer the concept of anger a little bit um, in terms of identification with marginalized communities. I was going to say, take your anger and make it more queer. You flip a wrist around, <laughs> whip a ponytail <laughs> in her face. Yeah. No. Um, okay. When I, when we think about anger, what comes up for you? Um, this week, oh. I was pissed this week and couldn't do anything with it. But um, <clears throat> we'll get into that. Anger for me is not, I said this earlier, it's not something that comes often in terms of, uh, I guess, the typical sort of idea of how anger manifests itself which is screaming yelling mm. maybe being like physically violent mm -hmm. um but when i think of anger i think of sort of this this like really uncomfortable bubbling feeling in my gut mm -hmm. that that's where it starts that i feel uh sort of expand into my like chest and then my arms okay um which I, when I think of, when I say that, I think about that Arthur meme where it's just like the clenched fist. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is me when I'm angry. Only it won't happen in real life. It all happens like in my head. Mm -hmm. Like in my head, I'm like holding a clenched fist. Mm -hmm. But all right, I'm probably just sitting there with a blank look on my face. Mm -hmm. um, so anger for me is like this. Uh, I, I think of my anger as like a passive expression of it, which we can talk about uh -huh. more than like an aggressive or even assertive sort okay. of version of it. So anger being potentially... I like this distinction. So anger is something that you can feel. You feel it in your body. You feel mm -hmm. it in your heart. You feel it in your head. You can, like, And maybe we don't always know where the anger comes from, but we can feel it. And then yeah. what we do with that anger has like different categories and different levels of maladaptiveness and harm that can happen. So we have like right. outward anger, which is like throwing shit, hitting shit, breaking shit. Inward anger, which is like this kind of self-bullying. You're such a piece of shit. How fucking dare you? Like... You know, just that kind of like unhealthy negative self-talk. And there's also passive anger, mm -hmm. which is like cutting yourself off emotionally from someone or like um, the silent treatment is silent an example treatment, holding of a grudge, holding a grudge. Yes. All of these things are. And the same root feeling of anger, wherever that comes from, could manifest in all of those ways over time. Yeah. You know, um, I think. As we talk about how anger isn't useful, which I think a lot of us know, one thing that I want us to consider and hold as we hold this conversation is anger is often a way for our body to remind us that there's something not being protected, there's something being violated, whether that is our autonomy and independence or our physical personhood. Mm -hmm. I'm, I am angry that you have assaulted me and that is my body letting me know that I have like, you know, a reason to sort of fight or flight. Like those are solid physiological evolutions that are helpful to us. Mm -hmm. um, anger can be motivating. We can, we can want to do something different based on the anger of our current situation. And we don't that, mean revenge, although, yeah, it could be that too. I mean, I love a revenge <laughs> I tale. I do too. Um, uh, honestly, letting go and taking 
learning to not take as much pleasure in revenge has helped me to not hold on to grudges as much. Mm. It's not something I've achieved, but like, honestly, in one of the headspace meditations, when they're talking about anger, they're talking about creating the space between your reaction and the action that you can choose to engage with is taking joy in other people's happiness. And like, the more that you take joy in other people's happiness, the less focused you are on in the ways in which your happiness is like tread upon by others. Mm. Because like mm -hmm. you're more focused on what's being put out into the world and what you can do versus right. like what people are taking away from right. you. Um, I think anger is often a thing that is incorrectly placed upon the people around us because we don't know what to do in our bodies with anger. So we just like jump to blame or jump to destruction because... That energy of anger, it's in some ways like intoxicating, right? Like yeah. it feels, quote, powerful. But I think that's because of the ways in which our society is set up to like honor angry expression of power. Like that, while at the same time, there is a little bit of this kind of judgmental dismissiveness around, oh, he lost his cool. He lost his temper. He's someone to like. I'm thinking of like the Charlie Sheens or the Christian Bales, right? Like mm. when they lost their temper on set, they did lose some quote prestige or whatever they're viewed as like volatile or whatever there's like a level of anger that is like not cool right and a sort of immature presentation of anger mm -hmm. but i also think when we think about war when we think about billionaires when we think about all these things like there's a certain type of anger that's like a foundation of patriarchy i think in some ways well, I think it's interesting that, like, we in this country, it's just as simple as, like, the, not as simple, but it's just, like, the same sort of example of an angry male can be talked about in sort of a confident, courageous, pa like, using the word powerful, using uh, passionate, like, sort of words. Passionate. Right? Like, they're passionate about something. Like, he's just really passionate about it. Like, right. that's why he gets like this. Whereas, you know, you take the same emotion of anger and apply it to a woman and she's a bitch. She's mm -hmm. emotional. Right. Like it's that kind of stuff. She's crazy. Um, so I find that interesting, but I also find it interesting that we as a society, as much as we sometimes value anger when it's being used productively, um, I think that if it's not being used productively, we as a society have a hard time managing anger dealing with it broaching it like it being an emotion that we feel okay feeling mm -hmm. i think a lot of people don't feel okay fe i know i don't feel okay feeling anger and yeah. i've had to sort of understand like why why can't i just let myself be angry at right. this person um because like we fear our own reactions related to anger right or we had maladaptive experiences in our past with people who were angry and we're like i can never be that yeah well it's also interesting that we i find anger to be one of those things that we also are a lot faster to direct at somebody or to connect to mm. another person i think that when we think of somebody brought this up this past weekend they were like when is it like okay to i guess express anger or like when is it like the right time for it and i sort of countered it with like when is the right time to express your happiness like mm -hmm. why do we look at anger or even sadness as these negative yes. things of when is it okay for this but literally when you look at the idea of happiness which by the way is a very uh impermanent thing like happiness isn't a thing you just accomplish and do for the rest of your life right. like it's an emotion you cultivate like any other one mm -hmm. um 
why is it with happiness it's not a question of when should i be able to do this and like how is this impacting another person all that is very yeah happiness you should do that's normal we don't care how happiness impacts another person like you should just want to feel happy but mm-hmm. with anger and with sadness it's sort of this when is it okay to do this i need to manage this emotion this is a manage that i sort of have to this is an emotion i have to keep under wraps or have to sort of hold right. back on until i'm in a certain situation which i don't always agree with i think that to your point there are maladaptive ways of expressing your anger that might not be tactful in that moment which sure. is when you might use some of those grounding techniques we used but um, yeah. or talked about and there's other times when like your anger is absolutely like valid should be valued you should get the car the cathartic sort of expression of it out whether that's screaming into a pillow or yeah. maybe you do need to like punch a pillow or like right punch a doll or something like that to like get it out because it's just sitting there seething within you isn't gonna help either right. um so i say all that to say i just think that Anger is an emotion is one. It's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it because I think that for me this week, anger came up and I started to question, what am I angry about? Like, what do I do with this anger? Is this anger valid? Why am I even questioning if my anger is valid? Like, if I feel this emotion, then it's valid in and of itself. Um, And again, like questioning like, oh, somebody can make you angry or make you feel angry. And then there's this whole thing in this society with like nobody can make you feel any kind of way i've learned when it comes to like again anger and sadness but when you take that same thing and apply it to happiness it's like yes yeah, surround yourself with people that make you feel happy it's like what is this sort of what's the word i'm looking for what is this sort of like double standard when it comes to anger versus another sort of I, mean, I see even what you're with saying. sadness sometimes it's like we're okay with telling ourselves you can feel sad but like we're afraid to tell ourselves to let ourselves feel angry at the moment yes so i think what you're touching on and we've talked about this in some ways before i think we talked about it mostly in the context of the kind of grieving episode but mm-hmm. like america does not know what to deal what to do with big emotions whatever those emotions are and maybe that's because of our you know that's a British import of ours is repressing shit, you know, <laughs> like, um, I think that, I think that you're exactly right. Like we are conditioned to find expressions of anger as inherent or sadness or mourning or confusion or anything that feels a little bit disruptive. Yeah. And the reason it disrupts more is because we never we rarely experience it in a public context, right? Mm. Those are all private feelings, darling. There those you are go. All, those, you're allowed to feel yeah. those things, but you need to be in your room. Door closed. Door closed. <laughs> I mean, that's what I kind of learned as a kid, which I don't think is the worst way, but it's like if you're feeling angry, remove yourself from the situation, go to your room and scream in a pillow. Yeah. It, because in some ways it is a reminder that we feel anger in our bodies. I think that... Um, Whether or not we always know that we do, anger always shows up in our bodies first. And often a lot of anger techniques, when people go through anger management classes, when people are engaging in grounding techniques, what that is trying to do is make the practice of bodily awareness before you get the rage. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, my heart's thump, thump, thumping. My muscles are Mm -hmm. tensing up. Mm -hmm. My gaze is glassed over. Yeah. I might be about to feel real angry yeah. or that stuff is maybe about to come on and you can at least know that whatever comes next is a result of anger. Mm-hmm. It's about creating some of that spatial distance between 
the noticing and the doing to hopefully allow us to make better decisions in that moment. Right. That's what all of those kind of things are offering generally. And I think we talked a lot in our grounding techniques about like how to maybe engage with those. I think our examples of when we use them were when we were touching into anger, which I think is one of the reasons we're talking about it today. Um, But another thing that you're talking about too around like anger being okay is like, I think in a lot of ways sometimes the ways in which we have normalized living in a society that like is okay with that homelessness is okay with death is okay with poverty. That is maladaptive. Mm -hmm. It is fucked up that we wander around every day thinking that people who are like, Hey, that's fucked up and I'm pissed about it. They're the ones with the problem. Right. That is an organization of, Oh, Mm I'm getting passionate. <laughs> I'm getting passionate. <laughs> and I'm thus hitting this microphone. Um, that disorganization and like the ways in which we've normalized suppressing, suppressing and dealing with and managing those feelings of anger in order to get through, you got to keep working. You got to, you got to keep pushing on. You got to keep washing those dishes. You got to keep fucking like you're doing your homework. You've got to, you know, continue to feed your family or whatever the fuck. I, not that those are bad things necessarily, but like, the idea that we have to remain present, calm, productive, those are all tools of white supremacy to mm-hmm. have us police each other on what's acceptable and not acceptable feelings. Yeah. So when people are like angry about police officers killing black people intermittently or lynchings going barely noticed and definitely not punished, mm-hmm. that anger is a righteous anger. Yeah. Anger is also, when expressed, one of the only emotions I can think of, or feelings, should I say, that when expressed can be used as, like, punishment. Like, can be used against you as, like, uh, you're going to jail, you're going to prison because you got angry. Oh, I see. Right, like, I'm not going to go to... I would like to think I'm not going to go to jail or prison because I'm sad today. Like, I'm just, like, depressed in my room, you know? Or I'm not going to... I mean, I think it can happen, but I know what you're saying, that most, a lot of our crimes Mm -hmm. are punishments for outbursts. Right. For a lack of control of the self. Yes. And often when harm is caused to property or people right most often property which is another rate our court systems are fucked up like it's just a it's just a building or whatever (laughs) um i hear what you're saying i think i that makes some sense to me and i think that that is another way in which like we should be outraged that people who have a slip in this kind of control who maybe have some sort of violent outburst like have their entire lives ruined Mm mm-hmm And I want to be very clear here that I'm not trying to make any apologies for violence. I'm not, especially, you know, things like domestic violence in which we already have a disproportionate rate in which women are not believed and thus men not prosecuted for the violence they enact on women. I'm, or others. I'm not saying that those things are excusable. What I am saying though, is that if we taught boys and young men how to process their anger And I mean process. I don't mean jump from being a little boy beating on each other and sort of having the kind of like cultural violence that enacts coolness or status. And then this sort of public 
you know, sports has regulations. If you lose your cool, you're off the court or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or, you know, you can't legally, once you're an adult, just fight wherever you want because, like, yeah, you can't. Unless you want to take it out to these streets, not let me stop. Right, right. <laughs> you want to catch these hands. hands. Um, <laughs> but when we have the answer to that, to be repress that shit, motherfucker, mm-hmm. push it down to your toes, mm-hmm. and then you become none to life. You're not there because you've told yourself that feeling things that may be totally valid is something to fear in yourself or will result in social social ostracization or imprisonment Mm -hmm. because the only ways we know how and understand anger is when it comes out in fucked up ways yeah when if we learned to identify what anger i think is meant to tell us anger is a way to know what's missing in our lives Mm -hmm. like what need is not being met yeah when i feel when i felt angry in that cvs I felt that my need to be heard and understood was taken away from me. Like I did not have the opportunity to be seen as a whole human being. I was being disrespected for being there. I also forgot to say that I wasn't addressed and I had a hint of homophobia, transphobia, something happening in there that like, I also was trying not to tap into that moment because I might've broken a counter yeah. you know what i mean like yeah like if you t- if you tip into the ways in which holy shit not only are you treating me bad because you're having a bad day but you're treating me bad because of everything that you put upon me on your own biases and bigotry mm-hmm. fuck you know like yeah that becomes this thing and that you know potentially maybe me as a white man adjacent person might get away with differently than a black woman or a black trans woman or a black man because there's all of these we have literal social harmful tropes of the angry black woman or what have you, which are often thrown out there, not when a black woman is being angry about something maybe she doesn't need to be that angry about. She's like really losing it. It's almost always attached to someone who is expressing this racialized violence that is in this room right now is mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. And people are like, Wow, 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 wow. I don't think we need to talk to each other like that, Lucille. Or that's not a black woman's name. I don't know. But like, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What is that? How does that here sound feel to you? How does that here? How does that here? Does that idea got ears? I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the edible's hitting. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm, what are you saying? Yeah, it, um, you hit the nail on the head. I, no comments, no notes. Um, no, it, it's true. I feel like I was going to bring up the fact that a lot of times there's this extra level of anger where being black, even before being gay, it's like, I can't even. I remember getting into a car accident maybe a year and a half ago, almost two years ago here in Portland. Completely not my fault at all. Like, I am coming out from um like a parallel parking sort of situation i'm going very slow because you can't speed out of a parallel park you just can't right um and this car comes flying around the corner like going much faster than they need to and they hit me right and the lady gets out this white woman and she's like oh my goodness like you were coming out of that that spot really fast and i was like ma'am i was not i literally was in reverse like because i'm backing out of a 
parallel parking spot, how fast could I have possibly have been going? Like truly, without hitting the car right behind me. Um, to this, then she switched to this whole other like, oh, well, the sun is like right here in my eyes. And I'm like, well, girl, you're reaching now. You're trying to find a reason not to be at fault. Yeah. You are. So I'm going to call the police, which I don't want to do, but like I have to. And she's just like, well, you don't have to like have that tone with me and like raise your voice. And I was like, whoa, ma'am, let's definitely not take it there. I'm like, talking you're to the you. one lying. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the voice I was talking to her with. Right. I was like, I'm being very calm, cool and collected about this. Yep. Please don't take it to that place. Like, don't make it this whole like I'm a black man screaming at you as a white woman. Like and don't. Well, first you fucked up because you gave me like the preemptive. That's where you're going. So like, don't even do it. And then she was like, no, I'm just saying it's just ugh, the sun was right here and I didn't see you. And I was just like, OK, girl, like tell that to the officer when he gets here. Like, that's not a story you need to explain to me because I'm doing this regardless. Um, and she eventually like she calmed down because she was the one yelling. But the sheer <laughs> fact that I have to meet everybody with that, like it doesn't matter who you are. You're not given the luxury to lose it. I'm not. I can no. be in the right 10 times out of 10, and I still have to be the one that's like, I'm sitting here with this voice, yeah. not yelling at you, not screaming, because of the second that I do, I am wrong. Because potentially, if you were in the CBS situation and told that person to fuck off, to fuck off, oh my God, whatever, you might have had the police called on yeah. you or might have had someone try to stop you from leaving the store because of the violence you just enacted. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like I get to sort of be justified in my anger and have some white woman come out and be like, they were assholes, you know, like. Right. Nobody's going to do that for me right. unless maybe I'm like around other black people. I was going to say, unless it's family. But, yeah. And like family. Yeah. Well, I meant black family. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I'm happy you're bringing this up because I think that anger for white people anger for straight cisgender people like is a lot of times validated is a lot of times a thing that like those people grow up hearing the sort of it's okay to like be angry i think yeah. definitely like you young white you, boys Catherine. yeah you should be pissed you should be pissed yeah um whereas you don't give black people that room and space to right. be that because you, we, we inherently, as a society, as Americans, are taught this person's mad. Things are going to get violent. Somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to be murdered or yeah. killed or something's going to get vandalized. And it's like, no, I'm just raising my voice at you. Right. I think it's interesting because for me, it's also come up in the sense that sometimes people are don't express that they're angry at me about something. And I've, I, I've had to be like, what is the worst that's going to happen? Like, if you voice something to me, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, rip your head off? I'm going to listen to you and, like, value and probably respect what you're saying, unless it's complete nonsense. Yeah. And then I'm going to say, thank you for letting me know that. Like, I didn't know. I've learned a lot of times that people won't come to me because they think that, like, I'm going to turn into an angry black man about something. And it's like, whoa, where does that come mm. from? That's fucked up. I would say that for you, in terms of like being conscious of the type of anger you would offer, I would more likely expect like that kind of emotional anger of like, I'm not going to talk to you for a year. Yeah. <laughs> like the way I'm going to be angry at you is by removing myself from your life. Yeah. And that's going to piss you off. Yeah. And in some ways is its own type of quote violence. I want to be right. really careful about how we use that word because I, 
it mm-hmm. has somehow in this day and age a little bit become to me nothing well it's like it, it just physical means abuse and like emotional abuse right like they're both just as equally uh like dangerous and, and violent and, and in terms of the way <laughs> and, and literally while there may not be bruises emotional and verbal abuse can cause yeah brain damage yeah. or you know i don't if people don't want to look at it in a deficit way they like cause brain uh evolution brain yeah. changes that can stick with people forever which is when sometimes when people hear voices raised they're immediately taken back to their childhood when their dad was abusive right and so while this person is literally just expressing anger which is not a bad thing the person on the receiving end of it is somewhere else and that's not necessarily your fault right you yeah. know what i mean and also i'm not, I'm not meaning about the situation with your car thing no, 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 no. i've moved it's... on from that mentally but i think the ways in which these fucking karen videos or these people that jump from Instead of taking the time to question why they are, quote, afraid or, quote, angry, which would be bias around black bodies or entitlement and white privilege, they jump to the emotion of fear and that action is anger. Mm-hmm. They are they become violent with their words and their actions. And, and you can see sometimes, and I, I don't mean to invoke pity or anything, but you can see sometimes that that person really isn't there. Like, a demon has come over this oh, yeah. person who is... They are not necessarily connected to the Sandra who's at Sunday school or does this or that. Oh, my God. You have people in their life who are like, she's so sweet. I have no... And that may be true. But what this person has done is instead of recognizing what's happening in their body as tied to so- socialization that harms the person that she's so afraid of or whatever the fuck, like, there's no ability to address that cognition and what's going on in the body... Because there is a justification of her fear of her life based on white women crying wolf about Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And men get to, you know, do that with badges and guns. And Mm -hmm. I I was afraid for my life. So I get to fucking shoot whoever I want. Um, I don't know. I just, does that make sense though? What I'm saying is that like anger is often tied to some root thing that we often did not get as a child. The things that often make us most angry are often that, or, you know, we experience some type of trauma later in our life and like that comes up. But like, there's lots of mental disorders. I've used air quotes, Shawnee saw, but like (laughs) that have anger as a sort of qualifier or irritability is sometimes how it's used. Yeah, let's go through them. There's actually, (laughs) the causes of anger can truly be depression. OCD, alcohol abuse, ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, which is a silly disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, intermittent explosive disorder, grief. Like it's. Which these are things which allow us or don't allow us to recognize when we're angry, Mm -hmm. leading to these outbursts, Mm -hmm. leading to these things. And I think. I don't want to go too deep on it, but if you want to go back a couple episodes to listen to Dr. Layla Ellis Nelson talk to us about um, uh, DSM diagnoses that can be harmful, a lot of these for oppositional defiant, there's like another one like uh, irrational, uh, what is that called? Intermittent explosive disorder. Sorry. Mm. Um, One of these qualifications on a lot of them are 
The magnitude of aggressiveness expressed during the recurrent outburst is grossly out of proportion to the provocation or to any precipitating psychosocial stressors, which essentially means that a doctor or a counselor or a social worker that gets to prescribe this disorder named intermittent explosive disorder can be someone who just doesn't see your anger as valid because they've never experienced yeah, the type of anger. It's completely subjective. So what is grossly disproportionate? Obviously, we can think about things of like, well, you've been arrested three times this year. And each time that you've you've said that this is about rage. Okay, mm. let's look at that. Right. You know what I mean? But these things can also come up in workplace settings where someone gets prosecuted for just like naming the injustice of the thing that is there. I just... I want to point out that like anger as a diagnostic tool is very subjective and disproportionately harms folks of color often in that. And, and women too, when we're thinking about are women socialized to allowed to feel anger in general? No. I mean, I don't feel like really. Not really. Yeah, no. I was, <laughs> was going to say a very unpopular opinion, but I'm going to hold it because I want us to keep this podcast. <laughs> I'm dying to know. No, I'll tell you all. If it's too crazy, we'll just edit it out. Well, okay. I was going to say when, if women aren't given that space and that opportunity in their upbringing, I'm not saying it's okay, but I understand sometimes. I understand. Like, I get the thinking. Not that it's okay, but I get why you have these white Karens that when they have this right. power now to be able to express this anger and have something done about it, yeah, it's not a fucking surprise that they, right. like, take every chance that they can get. Right. It's know? not that it's right. It's just, it's not surprising. Because it's, it's just like, not surprising. That's what's happening physiologically with this. That is the maladaptive form of not knowing how to process your emotions and yeah. your biases. It's, you know what, in another... An example of this, and again, not to equate white with black, that's not the point of this. It's to say that I've been in situations where, hey, I'm a black man. I'm not allowed to express my anger very often. When am I allowed to express it? When I'm around other black people that have gone through something similar, right? So in those moments, am I holding back? Like, am I mm. keeping my voice under control? Absolutely not. Like, I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm crying, I'm doing all those things. And it's all sort of... It is validated. It is okay. It is something that we all sort of share. So I'm saying, like, I get it because when I get those moments that I'm actually allowed to be, quote unquote, like angry right. and mad and vent, like, that's what I do. And I actually let it out the way that I want to. Mm -hmm. um, it, with a shared understanding, because you know that the people receiving that in that moment, if they're not holding that exact anger, they felt a, something similar. Mm -hmm. And. Even if they're not going to make it about them or anything, there's a there's a sense of understanding and holding that with with honor instead of someone who might hold that and you don't know how they're internalizing what you're offering. Right, right. Which I think is, yeah, I've had that happen before too. Like venting is obviously a way of expressing anger about mm -hmm. things. Um, and sometimes we say dumb shit when we vent. Yeah, I did. I vented on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. That's not what I was offering. But no, that was smart shit I was saying. But still, <laughs> it's what you felt in the moment. It's what I and felt I think in that that, that can be okay too. When we allow ourselves to vent, to journal, angry journal, or mm -hmm. talk to a friend and be like, "Yo, girl, I am about to say crazy things. I'm about to say things that are out there," and I, I obviously use those words in like, whatever. I am going to say some stuff that is, I know, sounds a little wild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me do it. 
And what you can often find is often the other emotion that's tied up with anger when you allow yourself to kind of talk through it and push out, push it out, get out of your body. Because oh, yeah. if I don't, I know sometimes that I will have walked around with a list of grievances in my head for like a month and then someone does something completely innocuous and I am just, bah, just yeah. like demon spewing yeah. everything that I've ever hated about that person when... They just maybe like didn't close the door or like right. something very small, which is about me at that point, right? Like even if the things that I'm angry about that they've done are real and they've done those things and they hurt me, if I've chosen to like suppress it, not communicate it, not allow it to maybe not happen again, like that anger is about my inability sometimes to say what I need. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes is like you come out of that feeling both great, like, oh, I got that off my chest, but then also feeling this guilt and like remorse mm-hmm. because I got that out of my chest, but I probably shouldn't have done it in that way. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where, like, I've been in these situations as well where, like I said, I've sort of, I'm, my anger is a lot more passive a lot of times like it is very much so i am seething underneath all this but i have not said anything to anybody about it and i might plot it out over a long period of time of how i'm gonna get my revenge or i'm gonna wait for the right opportunity to like really dig into it or if you're like my ex i just like keep it all bottled up and then just say a lot of traumatic things to you at once to really piss you off and then in that moment, it feels great because I'm like, I have offloaded this anger yep. onto somebody else, onto something yep. else. Ooh, I can breathe again. But also, damn, there was a way for me to have done that where I was still able to voice my grievances, voice what was upsetting me, but doesn't make you feel like shit now right. in the process. Right. And I think that for me, a big thing has been learning to take that passive sort of anger and make it more assertive which is a way of it's like a win-win or at least that's the way that i've like read about it is like you being aggressive or passive is a win-lose right so if you're being passive it's like a win for the other person a lose for you because you're not really being able to voice your stuff and this person is getting away with the thing that's making you angry and not necessarily knowing that, right? You're not value you're not giving them the space to understand what's making you upset. So, and that because of that, they're sort of going away in a reality that works for them but doesn't work for you, if that makes sense. Potentially, totally. Potentially. I think that there can be harm caused by passive, so it's lose-lose. Definitely it can not be arguing lose, that lose. it's win-win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not win-win. And then like being aggressive is also sort of win-lose other way around you might feel like i'm winning like yes i'm the one in power here it's a lose for that person because now you've treated them like shit you've devalued them potentially right um and they're looking at you like probably out of fear now so like it's just a win-lose in that situation being assertive is a win-win for everybody because you get to assert like how you're feeling about something without putting your anger on that person and that's when you're using a lot more of like i statements like i felt angry or i felt this way when this thing happened and i just want to express that to you and it gives them an opportunity to also show that you respect what they might have been feeling or thinking in that moment that you respect and are open to 
what their reasoning or thought process was and you're creating a dialogue between two people so that you can reach a resolution versus I think when you're on the passive side or the aggressive side on those two extremes you're also not opening yourself up to any sort of resolution you're sort of either going with what you said is true and like negating them or you're going along with what they think is true or what they thought was worth it in that moment and again, it might not necessarily yeah. be the truth. It doesn't solve anything. So, something you said about like when you finally release something all at once and like you feel a weight is lifted. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that a lot of us can remember if we've been doing that for like a week or have had something with an with an ex or something that shows up. We're like, oh, I remember that one time I finally let it go. Mm-hmm. I think knowing that and remembering that is really important because sometimes some of us have done that our whole lives. We've not allowed ourselves to be angry about things that we had every right to be angry about. And so obviously finding ways that are healthy to release that and talk through that and communicate that and maybe offer our hearts some resolution and acknowledgement. Because what does anger often want? Anger wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. Anger is begging to be seen. It's like, I have something here that is in so much pain that you need to look at this, whoever that's directed at whether yeah. it's yourself or the, another person or whatever. Um, and I think seeing it and, and naming that it's seen is a really important way to begin that self-soothing and then to begin different types of healing moving forward. Like, I think, I feel like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of jokes, but like we all talk about men need to go to therapy because a lot of men are angry about shit. Yeah. And the, the way that they have that manifested is either in this like, dark alcoholism depression (laughs) or it's like this they're always on the verge of this anger and it's like no one is maybe saying that what you're angry about is ridiculous to be angry about it's just like go deal with it yeah you've tried your whole life to suppress it and run it with it and now everyone is afraid to be around you because of what happens when you get mad like you're being annoying. Go deal with it. <laughs> Go deal with it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I think that when we think about our society right now, like if we think about the society as a body and we are like a collective human connection, we have some shit in our past that has never been dealt with. Yeah. Have, it has never been seen. It has never been acknowledged. It has never been held. It has never been cured. <laughs> like it has never been offered any space to really be true because it has always been some sort of argument around like the validity of the harms this democratic republic has caused over the years right i i think our anger is showing up and our anger is just a way to name what has not healed and what needs to be healed and address that and i think it's important to think about that in our own bodies recognize when our bodies are flaring up recognize what needs to happen in our bodies a lot of times tension Mm -hmm. is a really good indicator if you're listening, unclench your jaw right now. Roll your shoulders back. Y'all know what you feel like when you're angry. Right. <laughs> and I just am saying, like, having some bodily awareness can help us maybe start to think about what have I not been getting lately? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's not going to be always an opportunity to have that. Or even uh, I don't think that therapists or counselors that are constantly trying to get you to control your anger are necessarily offering the best thing yeah there's absolutely times where like releasing that energy from your body is deeply important and i was just gonna say i think that um a key with all of this that we haven't really touched on is a lot of y'all i know me sometimes as well 
know when you're angry, know what you're angry about, and don't say anything or don't do anything. And then that might be out of fear, right? Like you're, and then we can go back to sort of our episode around confidence, right? Yeah. Like you might feel either, I don't want to speak up because what if I'm actually wrong in the situation? Or I don't want to say anything because I want to, I just want that person to be defined and happy, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, Sometimes that doesn't necessarily manifest itself in passive anger. Sometimes, like, you're just afraid to do something and you're fine with your sort of, like, venting in the shower and then you let it go, right? But then you might always just consistently find yourself in these situations where you're unhappy and you can't understand, like, why you're so unhappy. And it's like, well, because you're not voicing what you need and what you want. Um, And no, you're not snapping on people or blowing up or holding on to grudges or even doing anything that might even seem like anger. Um, But I think that another big piece of this is understanding that you do have to step into your power a little bit when it comes to anger. And it's learning to take that anger and not necessarily ask yourself, am I right or wrong? Is my anger valid? Your anger is valid, period. Like if you're feeling it, then it is valid, right? What you can do is understand where is it coming from? Is it something this person actually said and did? Is it something that's just triggering something else for me that might have been traumatic? Um, and then evaluate like, okay, was it something that triggered a trauma in my life? Is it something that I can bring to this person that they're going to understand and be willing to like work with me on, you know? Or is it something that is absolutely not triggered to something? They just completely disrespected me in that moment. Yeah. Sure, you probably need to bring that to that person. Yeah. Um what am I getting at here? Sometimes you just have to step into your power and voice the thing that is upsetting you. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always a, I don't know what this anger is or am I feeling angry? You know damn well you feel angry. You just don't want to say anything about yeah. it. Um, and I would push you to just start questioning what is that fear about and what is that fear about voicing yourself? Yeah. Like what is the absolute worst that is going to happen if you voice yourself? Not scream or yell, not... Do something passive aggressive. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen if you sit a person down and say, this made me angry and I just want to let you know. And I don't want to feel angry. Yeah. And I want to still continue a relationship with yeah. you. But I know that I can't carry this around because yeah. I might scream at you when you don't deserve to right. be screamed at. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and I just want to bring that up because I've had to do that too. I yeah. think that I, and a lot of times it comes from a fear that, oh, if I voice this, I'm going to lose control. Yeah. So I don't want to say anything because if I even start the conversation, I'm going to get to like a really angry spot. And if that's true, you know that to be true of you, then let's maybe examine some techniques and strategies we can use to have a conversation and not get to that point. Um, But if that's not you, then like what's holding you back, sis? Yeah, exactly. Um, I really love this conversation. I definitely feel like I have more to say, but when I cut ourselves off. Um, How long have we been talking to y'all? Like three hours? Trace. Some Spanish, huh? Um, <laughs> my beef jerky brownie is really just, you know. Wait, did we record the Slim Jim conversation? Maybe part did that of pick it. Up? Um, <laughs> I think um, I also heard a podcast. My friend Lisa recommended this to me, um, th- this Jungian life, um, all uh, based around Carl Jung. And, oh, I thought um, it was just for young people. No, no, no. Um, and there's an episode about anger that I think dips into a really gendered conversation that speaks really in like dichotomies that I don't know if I fully agree upon, but dives really further into 
the socialization of anger and like um, that I think is really interesting. There's also um, another meditation on anger that um, I will link in the Rex and Resources doc, as well as a bunch of other anger management tips and things to think about and read upon. If this wet your whistle a little bit, you're like, I want to learn more about anger anger and the psychology of anger and what to do in my body when I'm angry. Yeah. Let's take a little break, a little quick break. A little... Well, before we take a quick break, oh, I just oh, want to oh. say this. I'm going to vent real quick. If you are a white person working around black people, you probably shouldn't put the burden on them to like deal with other people's emotions. And you also probably shouldn't step in and do their job for them, no matter how helpful you think you're being. This feels very specific. It is. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Um, fuck them. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey. <laughs> Let's take a break. We're almost ready to come back again. Time to take some meds. Gonna take some meds. We're gonna take some meds. Take some meds. You done? Okay, I wanted to see how much longer you could go. You want to take some I didn't even know we were back. I was like texting over here and I just heard you singing. <laughs> um, uh, what you got? What what some meds do you have this week? Let's Sleep, girl. Okay. I don't know what was going on with me. I think I just wasn't sleeping well for like a week. I think since the Capitol stuff, like I just probably haven't been mm. sleeping that well. Um, and it's been a long weekend. <laughs> But I've done a lot of sleeping this weekend, like Mm. sleeping in, sleeping on this couch, like taking naps, taking naps at like eight o'clock and then waking up at like 11 and being like, all right, well, I'll stay up till two. And then I go back to sleep. Chaotic. But it's been so chaotic. (laughs) Chaotic sleep. But it's been nice. Letting yourself sleep though. That's good. Rested. Yeah. Um, And I also read this article not that long ago that was like, The whole eight hours of sleep thing is like a myth. Like everybody's body is different, which we know. Um, So like, of course, everybody needs a different amount of sleep. And it's totally fine sometimes if you've just found yourself to be somebody that needs five hours of sleep and you're fine. Like, don't down yourself for that. And I think that my chaotic sleeping has just shown me that like, I don't always need the full eight like back to back. I just sort of like need pockets of sleep here and there and like six hours here and there. And like, that's just what it is. So, and when you have a long weekend that you can do that, it's like noticing when you have the time to catch up on that sleep or just, or if you've had an angry week and you haven't really had an outlet for that anger, Mm -hmm. that can be physically exhausting and mentally and emotionally exhausting. So honoring that by catching up on sleep is I think that's a very kind thing to offer yourself. Thank you. I did. Ever since I got yelled at on Tuesday by white oh. people. <laughs> the way you looked at me made me seem like, like I yelled you at it? you. And I was like, I don't think I did that, girl. <laughs> I was like, that was a different day. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Another mustachioed, you know, whatever. Um, what, what are, are your my meds? meds for this week? Um, mustachioed pistachio. Oh, yeah. Um, I've enjoyed just like baking things in the kitchen with my honey, and that's been relaxing. And um, would you bake Slim Jim brownies? <laughs> I think we need to sell some these. cookies, the Slim Jim brownies. Um, and oh my God, yesterday, not feeling great. Yeah, yesterday was rough. Yeah, not feeling great. <laughs> 
Um, it was touch and go, honestly. Because we were playing games the night before. And in this voting game, the two unanimous cards that I won <laughs> were most likely... Or the person who respects authority the least. Yeah. And then... Um, oh, shit. What was the other one? Mm. Most likely to bring edibles to the church bake sale. Yes. Which are both true. And I felt seen by the people at that game. I felt like... Yeah, honestly. We know you. We got you. I was like, yeah, because I don't give a fuck about authority, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, what's our homework this week? Um, go get angry at some shit. Break something. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, Recycle the glass after you <laughs> break a glass. Somebody broke. Okay. Just a quick side note. Okay. Yesterday I ordered food as I do often. Don't judge me. Don't care. Um, and I went to go pick it up from downstairs and blue came with me and like all at once, I was also a little high. I like went to pick up the food, opened the door, blue, like ran out. And I was like, blue, come back here and then these people were walking by at the same time and i immediately went into like anxiety oh, wow. like yeah. panic mode because i was like blue is going to attack these people because he thinks that that's why i'm calling him back and really i was just calling him back and then noticed these people yeah. he didn't do anything crazy he came back immediately which i was like yes but the people got scared and i guess had some like something glass and just like dropped it <laughs> <laughs> it just shattered all over the sidewalk <laughs> in front of my house and i just went down here to get some food so i was like uh and they were like sorry we just We'll come back and clean it up. And I was just like, okay. And I went back indoors. And I think, I don't know if the glass is still down there or not. But I really I hope they came back it. and cleaned it up. Anyways, breaking glass just reminded You said, come me. here, Blue. They said, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was also nighttime. Blue is black. And <laughs> I just feel like you don't see him sometimes. And then when you do, it's too late. So I feel like you hear him before you see him. You do. You hear him click clacking, sniffing, and sneezing. He's got a big bark. He's mostly just like, he's, look over there. You yeah, see that? you guys. Um, anyways, homework. I didn't really think about this. Get angry uh, at something. Get angry at something. So have some sort of healthy expression of anger. Maybe get into that anger episode of Headspace if it comes highly recommended by Maddie. If it comes highly recommended by you. I, I would say that there's several anger content things that you can listen to. That is definitely one of them. Okay. And if you're somebody who... There's a couple of different homeworks. Let's just say that. Uh, and if you're somebody who has not been giving yourself the space to be angry, just think about how you can open it up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like have this pendulum swing the complete opposite way and sure. just start berating people. But yeah. like where can you maybe create a little bit more space for it? Yeah. Whether that's a journal, whether that's meditating, whether that's screaming into a pillow, whether Saying, that is venting to a friend. Or a therapist going in and being like, I'm angry today. We're going to process this. We're going to talk about why mm -hmm, I'm pissed off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let that happen. Let it happen. And also therapists are like supposed to be trained to like deal with you screaming at them. So like don't feel bad about that. It's generally fine. It's, I promise you they've had something worse happen to them. Probably. Yeah. And if they haven't, why are they a therapist? Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Um, okay. Be sure to follow us at QBT pod on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know how you're doing. Shoot us a DM over there. Say, Hey, let Say us know hey. what, uh, what you're loving about our episodes. 
um, what is making you angry and how you deal with anger. Yeah. And if our podcast makes you angry, hey, let us know. We don't care, but let us know. Yeah. Thank you. I know I'm talking to you. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, big thank you to Momager <laughs> Alley Kills and uh, Marky and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. Oh, I think next week we're going to have Shanti Darling join us. <gasps> little sneak peek. peek. Schnurkberg. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs>